0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fundamentals podcast. I am your host, Harley. Joining me on this episode to talk about the band Thrice, it's host of the Tone Mob and Chasing Tone podcast, as well as a YouTuber and entrepreneur, Blake Wyland. Blake was kind enough to give me some of his time to talk about his favourite band, Thrice. Yes, folks, this is another episode we get to dive into the music And very specifically, a band that has influenced our guest today. And this is really one of my favourite discussions I've ever had. I've been a fan of Blake's work for quite some time on the uh, Tone Mob and Chasing Tone podcast. So I reached out to him and we had a little chat about what to discuss. And I threw out the idea of Thrice because they're one of those bands that I think not enough people know about. They're absolutely phenomenal and this was just a really lovely discussion celebrating not only them and their sort of musical evolution, if you will, but also music in general. This is one of those discussions where we get to talk about music, we get to talk about meeting your heroes because Blake has been fortunate enough to get to know some of the members of the band. And we also talk about music and what it's like to be an artist, you know, to to grow And what that means to your fan base and you know their live setting as well as the lyrics and individual members and their roles that they play it's it's such an amazing discussion of just music in general through the lens of a band that i think need more appreciation so i hope you guys are along for the journey i've put all the links in to discover more about them and of course blake and his own music and podcasts and so much more so without further ado Let's just get straight into today's episode. This is Thrice with Blake Wyland. Hello, Blake, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Hello. Good to be here. I'm so thrilled you've agreed to come on and you've you've brought a topic that I think will be really, really interesting for a lot of people. Uh, it's about a band that I feel like they're getting more and more recognition. I've seen them on a few headline slots for festivals over here coming up in the next couple of years and they've been around for a while and that is the band Thrice. So to get into it, I just want to ask you, when was the first time you heard Thrice and what was it about them that kind of grabbed you?
1: Let's see. Um, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but I believe I was not yet legally allowed to drive. So I think I was probably (laughs) 14 or 15. Uh, I was in my older friends 19. I just remember this very specifically. I was in my older friends, like 1974 Ford pickup truck. And he was the one that kind of introduced me to punk and whatnot. And it was three of us riding in the truck together. And one of my other friend who was the same age as me said, Hey, kale, my brother really likes this one punk band and he doesn't like any punk bands. Cause he's a complete like shred head, just right. shred guitars. All this guy likes. He's like, do you, he's like, but I can't remember the name of him. Do you know which, which band Ryan likes? And he's like, Oh, he likes thrice. And I was like, Oh, I've heard, I've seen them. I'd seen their album covers in like skateboard magazines and stuff. Mm. Um, and I, it just never really, I, I, I didn't know what to expect out of them because I remember specifically when they had identity crisis, um, I saw it in a slap skateboard magazine from like 1998 or something like that. 99. I don't, I don't remember exactly. It was right when that record dropped. And it said like the harmony and melody of, of pop punk mixed with the, you know, like like the aggressiveness of hardcore. And I was like, that sounds interesting. I'll have to check that band out one of these days, but this was not the days of iPhone where you could just check a band out. So, right. I kind of mentally filed it away. And so when he said, Oh, it's thrice. Yeah. I have their, one of their records right here and he put it in and it was, I was a little bit late to the game. So I, I'm pretty sure it was Artist in the ambulance and I'm pretty sure he put on, just put on under a killing moon mm. and i was just immediately like what is this whoa (laughs) hold on this is something i've never heard before Mm. and that's because there wasn't really anybody doing it the way they were and that has held true for years that was that was the first time i i heard them i knew immediately i was hearing something special at least for me
0: i can understand that man i mean i've been listening to them actually for a little a little while and it's especially this week leading up to this conversation. Um Right. I want to actually give an early shout out to a previous guest and a friend of the show, Mark Woodjat. He runs a show called Mark and Me. And I think he's had Dustin the front man on a couple of times. Oh, nice. Yeah. Really good episodes. And I was like, oh yeah, the thrice. Yeah. And, and I was listening to them. And I was going, okay, this sounds, I like what this guy's saying. It sounds interesting. Went and checked out the band. And yeah, same as he was kind of like, oh, okay. This is mm-hmm. Interesting um and funny you mentioned that song under a killing moon actually i was had a a bit of a shuffle on earlier i did kind of have to stop and check my phone and be like is this the same band (laughs) for a second right because i forgot (laughs) that yeah they had they kind of started off in that sort of those kind of roots like you say that sort of hardcore kind of i don't know how to describe it post-punk sort of sound
1: yeah and i remember that song specifically you know these were these were the days, right? These were the days when you went, when you got into something, you mm. opened the liner notes and you scrolled through everything and you read every, you, like you absorbed every detail about it in a ways that you don't often do anymore. And I remember specifically under a killing moon, one of the notes under there, and I don't remember which member of the band said it, but it was like, Oh, this is the song that happens when Tepe remembers that he likes metal. <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, I don't know if he still likes metal, but, uh, this was a long time ago
0: at this point. So, yeah, yeah, that's, feels, that song's yeah, fairly that unique, a heavy, thick kind of sound. And it was super riffy. And everything like, oh, OK, that's different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because they're one of those bands that I feel like you could hear that song and your initial impression might be, OK, so they're a metal band. But right. it's like, oh, no, no, no. There's there's, <laughs> no. So, there's so much more.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then you then you progress, uh, you know, a few years ahead and it's like, huh child of dust this sounds nothing like you know their their previous efforts and then you listen Mm -hmm. to like that the whole alchemy index and how compartmentalized it is and it's just like wow these they've got some range on them (laughs) this really can go all over the place
0: yeah it's funny um i'd say that's probably i don't know we'll get into this later like where people can begin but i feel like that's a really good Two part album to show someone if they're kind of like mm-hmm. what is thrice? It's a good example of like oh this is the range. This is kind of the spectrums of music that they sort of like to wander across and and play with.
1: Yeah, I think it it shows the range. I do think that that is that is after they they made their big like maturation. Like I think Visu mm-hmm. is the marker for that. Uh, that's when that's when they really I think leveled up and evolved into the band that they are now was on that record. And but if you listen to it as an older fan, you'll also hear elements of them before that transition, too. So for me, that's I mean, I'm a little biased because that's my favorite record and probably the one that, you know, that impacted me the most. But I also do genuinely think that's the best if you want to like hear all of thrice in one album, that's probably your that's as close as you're going to get.
0: That's that's visu right? You're saying. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I think I can't remember. if we listened to all of them, but yeah, that's definitely a stat I mean, they're all pretty good, to be honest with you. I think it's one of those bands you can't go wrong, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm curious then. What What was it about this album in particular that that really resonated so much with you?
1: So you know, you heard Under a Killing Moon, and I assume you've heard some of the older stuff. You know, everyone the the inside joke with Thrice people or. I guess it's less of an inside joke. Now it was like play mm-hmm. deadbolt because that's their big smash hit off of their second record. Right. I mean, smash for, for the scene, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like that's on the radio, but the, the, you know, Visu was just such a departure. They had songs like music box. The first time I heard music box was actually live. They, the record hadn't came out yet and they, they did such a cool promotion. Uh, cool to me because I was going to buy the record anyway. I already knew that. And, <laughs> as you came up the stairs they were saying like they had their crew there like hey if you buy the if you pre-order the record you can meet the band briefly after the show nice. and i was like I'm, I'm buying it anyway why, why would i not do that right and so yeah it was just a little handshake thing meet and greet and uh, it was uh it was a really cool cool thing but i hadn't heard it yet i heard a few tracks i heard music box and it's that really doesn't sound like anything they've done before. It's a lot slower. It's very anthemic and like big. And I was, I was like, huh, I wonder what this next record is going to be like. So there's songs like that. There's songs like red sky, which is also really large and like powerful, but not really aggressive. Um, Coupled with hold fast hope, which is, I think one of their heaviest songs, but it's also not heavy in the way that something like under a killing moon is where it seems like, oh, this could be a, it doesn't, you wouldn't listen to that and go, this is a metal song, but it is very, very aggressive. And I think kind of shows, it just shows off where they were headed and where their, where their headspace was at, I think, in a really interesting way, especially if you are somebody like me that's followed the band for a really long
0: time. Hmm. Wow that's really cool. And And you've got some sort of, I think like a really nice, Memory to go with it as well. I think I I can relate as someone who's had that experience of a few times of meeting some of my musical heroes. It's even if it is just a quick kind of like hi, nice to meet you, you know, very brief. It stays with you. You know, such a great experience. And to have an album to come away with that as well, I think that's really cool. I really like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. When it was me and my that same friend who introduced me to the band, Mm -hmm. I I was able to drive by that point. So we literally had to drive clear up to. Uh we we lived in the suburbs and we had to drive into downtown Portland to pick you this is like really dating me right now. <laughs> Things weren't just being shipped to your house really that often. I mean it was it wasn't like it never happened, but it wasn't as common as it is today. So we literally had to pre-order it from FYE, which was a, a chain here in the States. I'm not sure if they were worldwide or not, but it was a pretty large musical chain, kind of like Sam Goody or Tower Records or something very similar to that vibe. And we had to drive to the only Fye that was close by to go pick it up. That, right. To pick up our pre order, and so we were driving back. We popped the CD in the car, and we didn't say a word nah. until, <laughs> until we got done with it. And we're like, "What did we just hear? Like, what? What was that? I don't even know what that was." It was. It was really. It was jarring in a good way.
0: Mm. I mean, that's, that's a mark of a great album right there. Surely if a good band, if they could literally make you stop dead in your tracks and go, hang on, what, what am I hearing right now? And yeah, you it was just like
1: process it. Yeah. We just was like, okay, repeat long way home.
0: Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the nice thing as well. Like what you just said of that kind of era when you, you had to really go out of your way to discover a band. I feel like that, that really adds to it. I feel it feels like it, you sort of develop another level of appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can, I can understand why you'd feel that way. And I guess moving on from, from that album, then I mean, it's not really been any disappointment, has it? I mean, we've already mentioned it, like their next effort was the Alchemy Index, which is a two parter. Yeah. And as you said, it, it really is just all over the musical spectrum i think to anyone listening is like you've never heard of thrice it's like these kind these two what you've just mentioned these couple of albums it's give them a listen because you're gonna get some pretty interesting stuff right i feel
1: like if you're a fan of of rock music in general um i mean mm-hmm. even there's there's a lot of folk elements on there as well but if you like any kind of rock there's probably a song on there that you like Mm. you're at least okay with it you know i don't think anybody's gonna listen to that and be like this is all hot trash i'm sure there's some but some troll out there that feels that (laughs) way but you know there's there's a song on there i think literally for anyone right right? and that's that is hard
0: to pull off that really is and um i don't know about you something that really struck me when i was i played particularly the uh, the alchemy indexes album was there was a lot of songs that were um excuse me i think they utilized like a storytelling element of songwriting really well like there's a lot of stuff that plays with well-known themes one that stood out to me i can't remember the name of the song but i'm pretty sure there's there's a song somewhere that's about um oh there it is the whaler i thought that that really Mm -hmm. kind of caught me because i was like yeah it's quite clear what the story is when you listen to the lyrics and the song but i just thought it was such like a I don't. Know, I don't know how to describe it. It, it almost felt like you're like w- listening to a film. If that makes any sense, like it was. Yeah. You can almost picture it so clearly in your head from the soundscape and the lyrics and all of it coming together. And I just thought this is a really good use of storytelling within songwriting. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, that song. This is a little bit of a sidebar on that. On that, but when we were trying to come up with a name for my old band. Um, we're still all friends and everything, but we just haven't really played together in quite a while. We, we had a, we had a bad name that was a joke name. We were called or calling ourselves gravy train whenever we would jam because <laughs> there was a bag of gravy train dog food, like in the jam space. And so right. <laughs> we just called ourselves gravy train for fun. And when we actually wrote this record, this was like, there was some serious subject matter on it and it was not, it was not a joke record at all to us. And we're like, we can't be gravy train with this record so we racked our brain trying to find the name and we all are all are thrice fans in, in that band. But, uh, myself and my friend Justin are probably the biggest ones. And I, I was like, Hey, how about anchor ashore? And that comes right from the whaler where he says, how can I leave when my anchors ashore in reference to his daughter, I believe is who he's referencing in the song. And I was like, and they were like, you know what? I didn't, we didn't want to, we tried to not have a thrice reference because there's enough in the music already, but that's just too good. We're like, yeah, and it's not taken. So that's what we're going to go with. (laughs) So that came right from that, that song.
0: Brilliant. And again, that's what I feel like bands should do, right? Is they should inspire in some way and everyone borrows from everyone anyway. So if you're going to borrow from anyone, I think you couldn't go you couldn't really go far wrong here could you
1: no not really no <laughs>
0: but yeah i like what you
1: were talking about how that was that is a very cinematic song and also mm. the song night diving yeah uh, which is one of their few just purely instrumental songs yeah you can hear you can yeah, hear yeah. exactly what's going on it's called night diving and if you just listen to it you can just picture some guy like jumping off a cliff into the ocean and going underwater and then coming back out it's wow how did you guys do this in such a way that is so clear to me? It's really impressive.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree that. Yeah, you're right. That's one that also kind of made me stop in my tracks and be like, Oh, what, what am I listening to? And then, mm-hmm. cause yeah, like you said, the imagination just, just goes with it. Um, and I feel like that's a really hard thing to do for, a, for a band and as, as a sort of to come together in such a way that they can almost, it feels effortless. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's a lot of, practice and and figuring things out but just being able to move your imagination with songs mm-hmm. and kind of guide you if it, it feels like that in a way and this sounds might sound a bit kind of airy-fairy to people listening but <laughs> in my humble opinion like yeah that's what music should do it should move you to feel something and i feel like thrice is a good example of a band that are very good at doing that with all of their songs
1: yeah and i think what this record in particular should tell people this was kind of at the i don't want to say the dawn of it but it was a it was like the early age of it becoming more common that they actually recorded the entire alchemy index themselves right which which i had never heard of anybody doing on a professional level hmm. you know that's what my friends and i were doing but i'd never heard of a like quote unquote real band doing it all themselves before and they did things like on the last track they i've mentioned this on other shows before so apologies if this is a repeat but they literally buried a microphone while they were singing they put the microphone in a box right and they dug a hole in their backyard and they were singing the last lines of the song while throwing dirt on top of it so it sounded like you were getting buried in a grave like I, I never thought about trying things like that and like well it was it was really eye-opening to me because like oh you can literally do anything Mm. you can do whatever you want in the recordings to do and if it produces the result you want that was really eye-opening to me as a musician
0: that that just hearing those stories and knowing those things right yeah I think you're right because it's a funny thing I'm, I'm just learning to get get into recording and stuff at home but yeah that 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 ability to almost like throw caution to the wind and just be like, well, I'm just going to try something here mm-hmm. and it might lead to something really cool. I think is, I think it's important, right? Cause it's, it's kind of how you grow as an artist or how you yeah. try new things. And, and as you say, it, it strikes me when you listen through this band in particular, their whole back catalog, I feel like you can hear the evidence of that as each album and each song kind of comes along. They're like, Oh, that's new. You know, they're not just sort of sticking to the same things, like to go back to what you were saying earlier. You know, you've got a song like Deadbolt, for example, which, yeah, okay, it's that's you could see how a band could very easily go, okay, well, that's successful. People like that. That struck a chord. Let's just do another album or a series of albums, which are kind of just that again. Right. You know, right. Whereas they're like, no, we're just going to do this ourselves. And yeah, maybe we'll bury a microphone or maybe we'll do something else. Why not? Let's just let's just have fun and experiment and just see what comes up. Yeah,
1: 100%. I think I think that's probably I didn't think about it in such terms at the at the time, because I super didn't know that I was going to be doing a podcast or doing anything, anything with any kind of uh, professionalism, quote unquote. In the music industry, I hadn't, I had no idea. But a reoccurring thing that I'm always telling people when it comes to gear and and sound is like, does is if it sounds good, it is good, right? It doesn't matter how you got there. Sure, I love tube amps, I love all the vintage stuff, but plugins work too. Like if it sounds good to you, that is all that matters at the end of the day. And as a artist, that's all you should really be considering. Does it sound good to you? Does it sound like what you were trying to do? it's a simple yes or no answer and that's the end of it so and that band really helped me kind of help form that opinion you know through knowing that that's how their their process worked reading about it in magazines and whatnot
0: right yeah and i I feel like that's what a good band should do right is it should inspire you in some way to go do you know what? i'm gonna try this and it's it's not the same as obviously replicating actually I mean, that's not what you're thinking but if, if that lights of fire in you i think that's really really cool um Mm -hmm. so i'm I'm curious man i mean i'm just wondering do you have like a particular favorite song or anything that really sticks out to you and it's a big question it just sort of popped in my head
1: that is that is tough that is tough (laughs) i have i have probably favorite songs for certain situations and certain moods right um you know the whaler is a really really wonderful song but i like to do i like to listen to that if i'm just kind of hanging out you know mm. just listening but if i'm at the concert like it's hard it's hard to get better than the earth will shake for me like i love love that song uh and it's kind of a perfect concert song you know to get the get everybody fired up and dancing around and all that jazz so the earth will shakes definitely up there um whew, and there as far as their earlier stuff goes prior to uh visu i gotta say um man silhouette i think is a little bit underrated okay everyone screams screams about deadbolt but to me like silhouette's way heavier like Mm. it's way more of a moshing song you know i love silhouette i will lose my my mind every time they play that song it's awesome
0: that's nice man Uh, that's a good a good mix for the signs of it and uh yeah i mean i'm speaking of I guess you've seen them live more than one once or twice, I would assume. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen them every
1: time but since I first heard about them. I've seen them every time they've came to Portland, except for three times. One time I had to leave in the middle of the show because of an emergency. And uh, the other time was there was a, a problem with a friend. I had to go, you know, be there for them. And I was but I was going to go. I was mm. <laughs> I had my tickets. <laughs> So and the the only other time was because my parents wouldn't let me, and that was a long time ago. Ooh. <laughs> and it wasn't because they wouldn't let me go to the sh- see them. I'd already seen them a, couple, a few times. It was like you've gone to enough concerts lately, and, and which was probably honestly true. I I went to a lot of
0: shows. <laughs> so. I don't know the meaning of the word, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I that's cool, man. I mean, not the whole not going, but the fact that you've had the opportunity to see them as often as you have and
1: yeah it's probably it's probably 10 10 plus times at this point i don't mm. know I, i've lost track i stopped counting yeah um, but it's the, the hardest thing for me to wrap my mind around because i am such a super fan mm. is actually like getting to meet the guys and and talk to them and like oh i ed and i are friends now right okay like I'm like this guy, and he's just they're they're the most chill people. They're people say don't meet your heroes, but these guys are super. They're super good guys too. On mm. top of it, so it's like
0: you just got it all, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's something I was going to ask because yeah, I know you've mm-hmm. met one or two of them before, and I, I, that must be quite like a moment of okay, don't be weird, don't be weird, yes, back of your head,
1: like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be weird. I've gotten better about that uh as I have gotten really lucky to interview a lot of people that I really have enjoyed their their work mm. um over the years through the Tone Mob podcast. So by the time I got to them, I was a little bit more like, okay, you've been yeah. here before, you know. But it's still you know, there were, for well, for example, the the time I interviewed Tepe, which was weird to say in January of twenty twenty, before everything shut down. Right. Uh uh There was a band actually opening that I really, really like called Holy Fawn. Okay. And I, I was like, I'm stoked. I'll interview Tepe and then I'll go, you know, go up there and check him out. And it just kind of ended up happening that I just ended up hanging out with Ed the whole time. Bass player. Nice. Like I interviewed Tepe, Tepe went and did his thing. And then Ed and I are just chilling on the couch, just talking about all kinds of everything, everything you could think of. We probably should have recorded it, honestly. But uh Mm -hmm. I had a moment in my head. I'm like, oh, holy Fawn's playing. I do really do want to watch them. But (laughs) (laughs) I am just chilling here in the green room with Ed, so maybe I should do that instead, because I don't know if I'm ever going to get to do that again. Right. Um, You know, type of thing. So I did. I just hung out downstairs and uh, yeah, we've become, uh, you know, it's not like we're, uh, you know, going over to each other's house for barbecues every weekend, but we've become acquaintances and, you know, to the point where we just chat sometimes about random things and that's that is hard sometimes to wrap my brain around because they've been so impactful to me on a personal
0: level right yeah that's i mean i, I can't imagine what that must be like.
1: <laughs> it is like don't like you said don't be weird yeah <laughs> don't be weird <laughs>
0: yeah yeah just like any temptation to like stroke the face or do anything like that you're like no nope, don't do it don't do it <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> Holding his bass was cool.
1: I'm like, I've been listening and seeing this thing my whole, my whole life. I was like, now I'm playing his bass. I just like unplugged and just noodling you know, around. But I was like, this I, is weird.
0: I want to say it as well. Um, on that note, I absolutely love his bass sound. Oh, That's yeah. Thing, I think it's so good. It's the kind of bass tone that I've, I've got a little five string over here that I mess around on for, for stuff. And it's the kind of tone that I hear. And I go, <sighs> want to know how he does that because it's like the perfect combo of of, of like really expansive like doing what a bass should do basically yeah but also breaking through and that really nice kind of nice clangy way that i just i love when i hear that kind of tone i'm like oh gives me chills
1: (laughs) i get it i get it especially this uh this latest record the Mm. drums and the bass on the new record horizons east is like whoa boys Mm -hmm. like you guys are on something here uh, it was that was what struck me immediately about that latest record. I was I put it on and was like the bass and drums on this. are So they're great playing, but also just tonally. They sounded really, really good.
0: Yeah. And that's something I'd say to anyone who's listening who's who isn't a uh, musician. I feel like there's a really good balance with this band. They're really good at utilizing every instrument really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, like I feel like sometimes you can listen to a band and it's it's very clearly all about the vocalist or all about the guitars or whatever. So it's kind of nice when you hear a band where it's it's so evenly balanced that everything sounds great. And like you say, to the point where you can stick on an album and the first thing you will notice, it might be the, the rhythm section, which could be quite different from a lot of other music.
1: Definitely. Yeah, they don't seem to have... I mean, obviously, Dustin is the front man, mm. but they don't really seem to prioritize anything it's all just mm. in service of the song it's like whatever the song needs that's what we're going to do and that happens to be fairly evenly split split as far as duties go throughout the whole band sometimes it's like oh the focus here is tepe's lead and it really cuts through and sometimes it's not you know it just it, it seems like they're very conscious of just serving the song and giving it what it needs without trying to highlight
0: any one member in a rock starish way Hmm. Uh, and I feel like that's, to me, that's what it makes uh, a truly great band and a great group of songwriters is, like you say, is understanding, like, okay, what what's the strength of this particular song? Well, it's in these areas, so let's just focus on that and let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah, and I think that's no because they
1: all write. They all, they you know, Dustin writes the lyrics, but they all write parts. Mm. They They all bring something to the table in the writing process, and it could come from any of them to start. I think that's probably why it comes out that way.
0: Yeah, I I say so. I mean, it must do right, and it's interesting. I feel like they've they've added more and more as as time goes on because I feel like you listen to some of the early stuff and it feels like it's got the kind of thing I love where it has this sort of raw garage band kind of sound that like you can imagine as a very simple stage setup and it would like yeah this is gonna work. This you know guitar based drums and a guy screaming into the mic and it and it fits beautifully and then you get to like you said this latest album horizons east so i was listening to it on a flight recently on the way back and i gotta say it was up against some stiff competition mind you because it was it came out in a week where like a bunch of other of my favorite bands brought albums out mm-hmm. so i was already kind of musicked out i was like i've i've heard so much great stuff and i thought yeah the new thrice album chuck it on and it just blew my mind i was listening to it on the way home i was like oh this is something else this is just incredible um and I was really impressed by even some of the other stuff they did. Like, they started bringing, I've noticed, a lot of synths and pianos mm-hmm. in. And it was incredible. I think the fact, if I remember correctly, I think the last song, the album closes out on a piano ballad, doesn't it? Or, or some sort of variation of that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I would necessarily... Yeah, I guess that it's probably a piano ballad. That's a fair way to describe it. But it's... um, what What's interesting to me is, and, like, I know that this is... Uh me just absolutely gushing about this band the whole time. But being totally honest, Palms was not my favorite. Like Palms, I was like, this is a good record, but I think you guys can do better. Okay. Is what I thought. That was the one just before Horizons East. Mm. I feel like Horizons East is what Palms was trying to be. Really? In in my opinion. Yeah. That's okay that I don't know that the band necessarily feels that way. And I'm not trying to, you know, berate anybody's artistic output i certainly have no room to do so but if i'm just looking at it from a strictly fan server as a, as a diehard fan that's to me like the record that i'm like okay this one's this one's i think you guys can do better than this it's sonically is good there's just a there's something there's a spark missing for me on palms that is recaptured on horizons east It it's still a good record I don't think they can, I don't know if they can make a bad record, but mm. uh, it's just not as good as, as horizons to me.
0: Okay. That's fine. I mean, yeah. I think that's kind of the joys, right. Of being well. kind of the ups and downs of being a fan is there's always going to be the ones that you love and like, yeah, this is my highlight, best album. And then there's going to be stuff that you're going to go, yeah, that was okay. Or maybe isn't going to, ignite the same kind of fire in you but that's okay because I don't know about you I was thinking about this earlier I feel like if you're really a true fan of an artist or a band you just go along in the journey you know Mm -hmm. and you just sort of wait and see what happens
1: yeah kind of like I said like I knew I was going to buy the record I know I'm going to buy every single record that they put out I'm going to (laughs) like yeah yeah, of course I am Uh, A I want to support what they're doing and I want them to do more of it so the best way to do that is to directly support those artists. But B, I'm just like, this is, this is part of my life at this point. Mm. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. I feel like uh, it's easy to like poke fun at like grateful dead fans. But uh, if you reverse that, I'm like, we, I think we all have an artist that we're that way with to some degree, mm. you know, and thrice is that for me. I'm like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy everything they could ever do. So whatever, like they can, I'm here for the ride, like you're talking about.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious, what is it about the band then? Do you think that keeps them in that place for you above above others?
1: I think it's the diversity, the fact like what you were talking about. They never really did like, oh, let's do deadbolt, deadbolt V3. You know, Mm. that was never, never what they did. And I think it's really tempting as an artist to not push yourself or to push yourself into a direct in a direction that doesn't necessarily seem genuine. Um, it's, I'm not going to name any names, but like, you know, you always hear of like the really heavy bands specifically in, in later years where they're, they start out as a, as a deathcore band or something where they're just hyper, hyper aggressive. And then you, there's like this weird calling card of like, Oh, our next, our next album, you guys are going to love it. It's, it's, it's our most heavy, it's our heaviest, but most melodic record yet. And then Mm. it comes out and it's like, this is butt rock. Like, this is, (laughs) (laughs) you know, this, this was made. I've never
0: heard it described that way before, but you're absolutely (laughs) spot on. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, this is, this is made for radio play, you know, like, yeah, I don't, and maybe that is genuinely how they were feeling at the time. And they, they, I'm not begrudging anyone any success. I just, I, I think the term of like, I think sellout is a stupid term unless that means that you are compromising what you actually want to output in order to try to, you know, gain some sort of audience that isn't true to who you are as an audience, as a, as an artist. Right. Like That's a valid, you know, thing. And, and, I would argue that nobody knows that except the artists themselves. <laughs> like so fans could sit there and say, oh, they're selling out or whatever. But you don't really know that. Maybe that is really, you know, despite what I just said, maybe that is really what some of these bands are wanting to do.
0: Maybe I have yeah. a hard time
1: believing you go from deathcore to, you know, uh, I don't know, Nickelback, you know, I, yeah. I just have a hard yeah. time believing that that's a real transition that you actively want to make.
0: But yeah. I could be wrong. No, I I I agree with you um with like I, I feel like that that's such a an interesting thing for me when I hear a, a band's like you said you follow them they have a sound and they have a certain style and it's it's not like what we're talking about with Thrice where there's an an evolution and you can see it you know you can see and hear it as each album progresses you're like oh yeah of mm-hmm. course because in this album they had a song that went like this so no wonder this album's got more of these types of songs, or it's you know, it's introducing more keys, or the drums, or the bass are taking more focus, and etc. Like you, you can see the patterns forming. It's when someone does a a complete one hundred and eighty, like you said, when like one day they're screaming into a microphone and everything's dialed up to ten, and then all of a sudden they're doing a ballad, and you're like, wait a second, where did and this I come th- from? I think <laughs> yeah. it's one of those
1: things too. That's like you know it when you hear it.
0: Yes. You kn- yeah, I agree. You know
1: what I mean? It's really yeah. hard to describe and to put into words, but you know exactly what we're talking about when you hear it happen. Yeah. That's what Thrice's evolution has always felt extremely genuine mm. and true to themselves, whereas some other bands that I used to really love, I'm just like, yeah, I do only like your first three records. Like, you've mm. really changed too... I hate to say change too much because Thrice have changed so much, but, like, you've mm. changed in a way that feels odd, you know? And... That's their right to do. I mean, everyone has the right to make the music they want to make. And I don't begrudge anyone any success. It's just, I know when I, I know when it's not for me and I got to like, all right, well, I'll continue to listen to your old stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to name and shame, not name and shame, but one that an example that always make that I think of, um, if you listen to like the first five Metallica albums, and then you listen to everything they did in the '90s post Black album. I mean, put it put it this way: you've got Master of Puppets, and then you've got Turn the Page. And if you look right. at like the juxtaposition <laughs> of that, you're like, "How do we get from angry guy who's playing at like 210 beats per minute on his guitar to guy in a cowboy hat strumming right. an acoustic in the back?" It just feels, and and so even to the outsider, I feel like you could look at that and go, "Yeah, that's a bit weird. Like, I don't understand how that happened, but..." again with a band like thrice it feels like you don't get that you don't get that sudden weird transition where like they're all pop stars now you know it's suddenly it's that doesn't happen here
1: yeah and i have to be careful though because i i'm thinking about stuff that i'm working on right now Hmm. musically and i mean i'm i've i've put out lately some really weird stuff (laughs) Uh, oh i know uh, (laughs) And I have some ideas I'm working on that are not that weird. And I'm trying to, you know, do some singing and some uh, potential like acoustic or some more stripped down things. And it's not going to sound anything like my old stuff, but it's, I mean, not that my stuff is that old, but the stuff I've just released. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I shouldn't say it won't sound anything like it, but all of that just kind of came from a place that that I still don't know where it came from right and so i in the uh spirit of what we were talking about earlier i'm just kind of trying whatever i want and some of that might might sound like turn the page no not really but, <laughs> <laughs> but it could be just as aggressive of a transition i should say
0: <laughs> yeah from like master of puppets to a really weird sort of johnny cash's impersonation um but yeah
1: <laughs> yeah don't put that past me i love johnny cash no
0: i loved i love johnny cash as well but it's just weird mm-hmm. when you see james hetfield trying to do it you're like what are you what are you doing anyway that's for another another podcast episode.
1: I, I do understand what you mean though. yes <laughs>
0: and i say that as well by the way as an absolute died in the wall metallica fan um that was my introduction to the world of metal so same huge huge respect to them um I love Metallica. Love Metallica. Yeah. Uh, and I feel, I feel like the last two albums have been a bit of a return to form actually, but anyway. Yes, sir. Know. But again, mm-hmm. coming back to it, I, I feel like again, with thrice is, a fun example of a band that you don't have that, which is really refreshing. Like again, I've been listening through their sort of back catalog and it's, it's really nice to not feel that bit where you're like, Oh, here comes a really bad album. You know, or here comes the weird shift <laughs> and you have to kind of either get through it. Or as you say, you kind of just go, well, I'll skip over this and I'll, I'll only listen to so many albums it's you get to listen to a band's holistically you know and you get to hear everything they've done to the point where um and again I'll shout out Mark when he was interviewing Dustin on the last episode about Horizons East they were saying like he feels like it's a combination of everything they've done mm-hmm. and I'd love to get your opinion on that because I I feel like just as an ass sorry I feel as a newcomer to the band that I heard that album and thought, yeah, I can see what he's getting at, but how do you feel about that statement as a, as a long time fan?
1: I think it's a combination of everything they've done post Visu, Right. I, I I don't think there's a lot of, there, there's a tiny bit that pokes through of their older material. Um, but I, I, I can see why they would feel differently because there are some pretty aggressive sections mm-hmm. on horizons East, but it's not, it's not the same kind of um, really pulsing, like rhythmic, like metal focused aggression that they've had before. It's, just, it's more of the hold fast hope kind of aggression. Right. So I think it's a good combination of everything they've done v- from Visu forward. I don't think that they're, to me as a listener, there's not a lot of elements from the, their older stuff, but I also don't think they want to do that. So mm. I get it, you know? And so I say it's a fairly accurate statement
0: nice and as someone who's now got kind of an inside track like you're getting some of the members and like you say you're quite friendly with uh with Ed, the bass player like yeah do you, do you feel like that's really the direction they want to keep going in then as they want to keep exploring and just push it and just see where they go i do i don't think there's an agenda with them
1: i think they're just mm. like we're gonna make a record and hopefully people like it you know <laughs> i think that's really really all it is i think they're going to just continue pushing things. I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see the drum and bass focus become even more prevalent because it was really prevalent on horizons East. And I wouldn't be too surprised just, just if I had to guess, Uh, I don't have any inside information, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear it be like to hear something, excuse me, really insane come out, you know, on the next one. Like, what are they doing? this, this primus what's going on right now like i wouldn't be
0: surprised (laughs) okay okay well i mean we'll keep an eye out and um i want to ask as well as a fan how how do you feel they do live because i feel like that can be quite a tricky transition for bands sometimes there's a difference between a record and and a live you know performance so what what's your sort of takeaway on that
1: i feel like I feel like they are one of the very few heavier bands that sound as full and as rich live as they do, uh, on their records, especially knowing how much production goes into their records. Mm. Um, it's impressive that they can pull these things off very, very well live. And I will say I've been watching them, like I said, for years. And this last tour, I don't know what Dustin's been doing. <laughs> but everyone I've talked to who's who's caught them on this tour is like, he sounded he sounded live like take like take five vocals. Like it was like he sounded insanely good. He's always sounded good. He's never sounded he's always sounded really good live. But this last tour, everyone I know that's that's caught it, I was like, Did you notice something with dustin's vocals are like yeah he sounded like a, a monster he sounded amazing i was like yeah i don't know what it is about this tour but if he's like got a vocal coach or if he's warming up more or what he's doing but I w- it's like really really impressive vocal performances at, right now um and they've always been good so mm. this is like next level somehow i don't know how
0: <laughs> wow i mean that is high praise i, I feel like when if you go and see a band live especially when there's as you just said, a lot of production in an album. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you have to kind of lower your expectations a little bit in terms of, okay, it's not going to sound like this live. But I'm always pleasantly surprised when you see a band and you're like, oh, no, this is almost exactly the same to my ears. Like, how are they doing this? When it's just mm-hmm. the way I like to describe it is a wall of sound. Yeah. I think that's that's when you're like, you know, for me, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up and I go, this is incredible, so... I'm really pleased to hear that, that Thrice are like that live. I think that's some serious high praise for them.
1: Yeah, they're they're a very very good live band, and because I they were one of the first one of the first rock shows I caught, not the first, but one of the first. Well, I got really spoiled. I mean, the first <laughs> the first rock band I saw live was Dream Theater. Whoa! And I was oh, I was like, yeah, and I was like, oh, what? Like, I didn't know humans could do this and again amazing live show like incredible live show oh yeah and and so i was like wow and then i think thrice might have been the next one and so like my standards for rock performances are very 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 high like inhumanly high and Mm -hmm. uh, they've always been very consistent and don't get me wrong i've caught them enough times where there's been technical issues and it's bound to happen you know at, at some point but Always really solid performances.
0: Uh, they make other bands look kind of bad sometimes. It's just the way they do it. Mm. I guess well, they're really good at sort of capturing the essence then of of each song live and sort of I guess what they like with with fan interaction, crowd interaction. So I always find that quite interesting when you watch a band live.
1: It's varied a lot over the years. Um, yeah. they they used to be a little more like like Dustin would like come out in the crowd. I uh, like. I remember holding him up, you know, more, on more than one occasion while he was like crowd surfing and screaming into the microphone. Right. Um, they don't really do that so much anymore. But I mean, I get it. Like we're all getting older, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's quite a it's quite a it's quite an ask. Um, but they they've always been a band that does very little, very little banter, very mm-hmm. little talking. It's just song, 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 song. They might say, all right, yeah, thanks for the, you know, they just they just uh, not in a bet ba- in a way that it feels like they're, you know, being pompous or something. It's just mm-hmm. like we're here to play and we're going to play and they play and they talk. They just don't talk very much in, in between. Um, That said, on the farewell tour that they had, was it 2016? I think they uh, wait. Yeah, 16. I have the flag up here. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> in, in, uh, <laughs> uh, they they did a really cool thing where at select cities, and they've always been dearly loved in Portland. There's always a huge turnout mm. at select cities. Uh, after the show, they would find somewhere to go outside, mm. and Dustin would play an acoustic set. Everybody would just sit. We just sat down in the middle of a parking lot. Nice. And like i don't know how many hundred people you know just yeah. chilling and dustin comes out and he, he played a whole acoustic set and then like everybody you know could come take pictures and hang out with him and just like shake his hand or whatever after the show and it was and i was like wow i mean if you're gonna go out like because at that point they were going on hiatus and i was like okay if you're gonna go out that's the way to do it like mm. i'm never gonna forget that you know that was that was quite cool so i think there's a lot of respect and appreciation for the fans but they're not necessarily the
0: most interactive with the crowd Mm. that's fair I mean to be honest that's kind of my preferred show is one Mm -hmm. where like maybe they'll have a little bit of fun they might you know make a joke or say thank you or just you know some sort of acknowledgement I guess that the audience is there is cool but just as long as it's not taking away from song time no, nothing gets me more than when a, a, an artist decides they're going to go off on a speech for ten minutes because you just stand there looking at your watch going, "You just that's two songs." <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I
1: think it depends. You know, sometimes when uh, like one of my—I mean, he's—he's he's a, a friend now, which is also odd to say, but he's—he's. He's, we were just talking about uh, delay pedals this morning, actually. Uh, um, Brian Fallon uh, is really—he he talks a lot at his shows. Okay. And I like it because I know I again I followed him for a long time and now that I know him mm. the one time I caught him or two times I caught him and he wasn't doing that he was not talking at all. I was like something's not right. Something's off. And mm. turns out he was going through a really dark time during oh. those you know and it showed. It it like it really showed because now he gets up there and he's cracking jokes he's telling him funny stories and he's like, and that's where this song came from. And then he goes into it. And I, I think it, it can be done well. I always yeah. appreciate his, uh, his banter. And, um, okay. but I don't know. Somebody come up. I, I know exactly what you mean. When somebody goes on a 10 minute rant about something and you're like, well, that wasn't anything to do with anything. Like, Yep. Yep. <laughs> Like, yeah. thanks, I'm sorry you hate my city. I don't know, like, this is <laughs> weird now.
0: Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree, man. Yeah, there's there's those that can do it okay. I, I can count on one hand the artist that I can think of where I'm like, I don't mind them breaking for a few minutes to relay something about a song or have a bit of fun. And I know a bunch of others that I'm just like, shut up and play, just shut mm-hmm. up and play. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad that Thrice are in that. The category, they're like, no, that's fine. You've paid for live music and that's what we're going to do. And we're going to have fun and crack on. I think that's, that's great. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, how did, how did that feel then to know when they came out of hiatus thing? 'Cause Cause yeah, they they were gone for a couple of years.
1: Yeah. That, that was, I wasn't, you know, when, when bands go on hiatus, they, they say that. And generally that means they're not getting back together. I yeah. can't think of very many that actually did end up getting back together Mm. um i feel like for for thrice fans that was a really weird time because i think for a lot of us like they're our band like that's like at this point and they've been playing together so long it's a weird it's a weird part of our own identity (laughs) and so even though it shouldn't be right we should have our own identity but it does become a like a piece of you. It's like oh, like I don't get to look forward to a new Thrice album in, in, you know, three years or whatever the cycle happens to be. It's like that's over now. So when they came back, I was so excited. I was I was like oh, I was really worried that that was gonna be that was gonna be it. And granted, I would have been fine. I would mm. I would have worked it out. But I'm glad I didn't have to. You know, um, it was it was really it was really awesome that they i think they recognize i think they recognize that they mean a lot to people but i think it still surprises them you know Mm. they're just humble enough that that it it's like i mean i've heard them say like there's better bands than us you know (laughs) and i'm like not for me there isn't you know (laughs) like that's like i get why you would say that but not for me you know
0: yeah And and i think that's kind of the beauty of music right is it's not a competition it's just about whatever happens to strike you in that moment and that's the beauty of there being so many artists i think with music there's so many different ways you can be grabbed by a song or by a band's particular sound and i think once that sound clicks with you and you're like yes this is my band this is my thing Mm -hmm. you're right there's there's nothing else that can take you away from that which i think is really really cool and It must, yeah, it must be quite weird for them to hear that and to be like, "Well, we're just doing what we do," but you know, thanks, I guess. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And I, like I said, I know they appreciate it, but that I think it speaks to—I mean, they're all different, but they all have, I think, the similar attitude of like, "Wow, we're still doing this. Like, this is a Mm. band we started in high school." You know, there's that just does not happen very often where the band you started in high school is your full-time job for your essentially your whole life. That's yeah. a pretty rare thing. And, uh, I think they're surprised by that. Still, I think it's like one of those, like, can yeah, okay, I guess this is what we, all right. This is what we do, you know, mm. but it's, uh, it's cool. It's a cool thing to, to see somebody be able to have that level of success and still, you know, not have a giant skull. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's Honestly. refreshing.
0: Yeah, I mean, c- coming back to what you were saying earlier, that whole thing of, you know, oh, don't meet your heroes. I always say, well, I, my kind of preferred version of it is like choose your, hero- your heroes carefully. Yes. <laughs> because if you choose the right ones, then yeah, you won't be disappointed when you meet them. Um, if you choose the egomaniacs, then yeah, you're going to be in for a bit of a rough time.
1: <laughs> well, and, and these days, that's, that's a lot easier to know, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but back in the day, I, I didn't have a choice that they became my favorite band. They just did. And I'm <laughs> lucky that, that there's other bands that I really, really love. Uh, their musical output, come to find out they're monsters. Mm. Or at least at least certain key members are monsters. And it's like so disappointing, you know? It feels mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it, it's not the same thing, but it's, you almost feel like a parent where you're just like, your kid just robbed a grocery store and you're like, I can't believe you
0: need this. <laughs> you <just laughs> you, know, it's, you like, know what? That is so true. I feel like that's a really hard thing to do. When people talk about separating the art from the artist, I feel like it, it's, it's a nigh on impossible task. I feel it's hard. You're, yeah. You're, you're right, man. I think, yeah. When, when you find out, yeah. Someone or a group of people that you've admired for so long and it's like, yeah, something really terrible comes out. You go, oh man. And and it's, it's kind of hard to listen to anything or appreciate anything again. Cause you, it's almost like tainted with this sort of shadow. Some people can
1: do it. I have a rough time doing it because yeah. not with everything, you know, and I definitely believe in redemption and mm. I, I think that people deserve some, some chances to, you mm. know, depending on the situation, but it's also, how do I say this? There are so many people creating really amazing art and creating really amazing content and just creating things that are really, really cool that I don't need to go out of my way to support somebody who's clearly a bad person. I can right. like mentally forgive them, you know, I think that's what we should do, but I would rather my time and energy and money and whatever else go to support somebody that I. At the very least, don't know is a monster. I'd rather it <laughs> went to yeah. good people. But if I know somebody is a terrible person, I don't really want to support them, even if I really appreciate them artistically. I'm like, well, yeah, but you are a terrible person. Mm. I don't want to buy your record. you know. It, and then that may not be the best way to look at it, and I may be missing out on some really great art because of that. But I, I do, gen, in general, uh, to the best of my ability, try to support people that I at least assume are decent humans.
0: Yeah, and I'd agree with that statement. And I feel like because it's such a personal thing that you're buying into that, of course, you want it to go to the right person in the right place. And and, and this is this is a bigger discussion. But I, I would also argue that supporting somebody who is currently engaging in said terrible behavior or is in, in no way repentant. And it's like you said, just generally a terrible person. Like, why would I want to condone that behavior? hmm and you know it it boosts that ego Uh, just like you said there's other people out there there's other bands like thrice for example that will appreciate it and won't disappoint you from the signs of things you know and and you can just you know it's going to a good place and and hey you can discover something else you can try something new as well that's and that's a
1: big thing you know we all tend to get stuck in in ruts um Mm. and i've found that musicians Musicians want to support other musicians, but for some reason, and we're all guilty of it, we don't necessarily give newer artists the chance that we should. Right. Um, in, in the ways that we would like to, I always try to, to imagine, and I, I fail at this all the time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I have <laughs> mastered this, but if somebody sends me something to check out, I I really, really, try to find time in my day to listen to it and give them a little feedback because I know that I know how hard it is to get people to listen to what you're doing. Um, and it's really like, it's really hard when you put so much of yourself into a particular piece and then it's just like crickets. And that's what happens to most people. Most people put it out there and it's crickets. They're like, I spent a lot of time and energy and put myself into this and feels like nobody cares and it's not that nobody cares it's just a really difficult thing to crack through and it can feel like nobody cares so i think giving newer artists a fair shake at least you know at least throwing them a couple streams you know at the very least you know it i know we all have limited time and we can't dedicate everything to everybody but if your friends come out with a record you know give them a couple downloads at the very least you know it, it, they they need the encouragement and who knows they might be the next
0: greatest thing and you could have been a supporter from day one you never know yeah and mm-hmm. i mean the band we're talking about as you pointed out they started off humble roots and in, in high school bands and yeah let's be honest most high school bands are pretty terrible when we start out because <laughs> we're just figuring this stuff stuff but yeah look at what they've grown into so you're right yeah that, that opportunity to try something new you just you don't know and Personally, I think that's been some of my favorite experiences is watching, I can think of a bunch of bands I've seen in supporting roles, you know, and I've seen them and gone, I really like these guys. And then, you know, oh yeah, I'll I'll go and see them when they're next playing a much, much smaller gig Yeah. in a venue 100%. near me. I'll, I'll go to that as well, because I liked them. And mm-hmm. you do that, and then gradually, like there's a few bands I've done that with now to the point where they're in arenas, you know, or in much bigger venues. And it's really cool to just see that whole growth in that transition over time
1: and i think it's one of those things like you know it when you hear it like not yeah. everybody's you know not everybody's the the uh, next greatest band or your or even your next favorite band but gaslight actually is a really good example of that they opened on a tour this lineup's insane it was mm. uh rise against headlining thrice uh, alkaline trio and gaslight anthem it was an amazing tour. That's a
0: good night. <laughs> yeah, that was a
1: good, good night. And uh I'd never heard gaslight before that. Right. They were brand new at the time. I think 59 Sound was just about to come out or had came out like really close to to around that tour. And uh my friend, my friend I mentioned earlier, Jess, was like, You gotta you haven't listened to these guys yet, have you? I was like, Oh no, I didn't get a chance to check them out. And he's like, dude, you really should have. And then they played and I was like, Yeah, I should have. Wow. Like mm. and everybody in the room, like, I think a lot of people didn't know who they were. And their head everybody's head turned like, Well, we're seeing something special here. This is mm. this is new and exciting. And then they, you know, went to play with Bruce Springsteen and you know, <laughs> all that <laughs> yeah. stuff.
0: I was gonna so. say, and the rest is history, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No, def- definitely one of the a, g- a great example, actually. I think a, f- a good friend of mine, Davies, a a big fan of them, um, put me on to them a while ago. Really solid band. Mm-hmm, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, what a lineup. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, what was really funny is one of my friends. This was back when, uh, this was back when even that scene was a little more com- com- uh, compartmentalized, where it's like okay. you'd have metal, metalcore bands tour together and mm-hmm. maybe thrice could kind of scoot around in some of those circles a little bit. But I would say that all those bands are fairly different and they kind of mm-hmm. had, a somewhat different fan base, especially like trio. Uh, it was a really funny thing because one of my friends, and this is when I actually was like, oh man, maybe things are changing. He's like, man, wouldn't it be great if those bands, all of them, except Gaslight, because they hadn't broke out yet. Wouldn't it be great if all those toured together? I was like, why would they? That's two. Those are like completely different bands. They're not going to tour together. Like three months later, that tour is announced. He's like, ha, I told you. Like <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, that's another thing, isn't it? But I think live gigs is that that's a hard thing for a, uh, for an event organizer to get right. I feel there's a good Mm -hmm. balance of, of acts that are not exactly the same, but perhaps just diverse enough to give you an entertaining evening. And yeah, Thrice strikes me as the kind of band that they could fit into a lot of different places just from what we've discussed, you know, and what we've heard is there's such a, a vast soundscape that they occupy. I could see them moving around in different circles like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think they they did. And they they bring a they always bring a pretty interesting group of uh you know openers with them too. It's always like Mm -hmm. oh I can see why you're here, but I didn't see it coming,
0: type of thing. Right. That's awesome, man. And uh, I guess they're also probably quite good at supporting smaller acts, I would assume as well.
1: They're where I first heard uh, animals as leaders actually open for them. Really? Yeah. And I was like, and this was a long time ago. And wow. it was it was just like, again, it was one of those like, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm seeing something here. This is <laughs> this is not normal. No, no it is
0: not. That is yeah. that is the thumb of God, I'm convinced. Yeah, <laughs> If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, just just go and look them up. It's, yeah, yeah something else. It's insane. Yeah, Tosin is amazing. Mm Hmm. oh man uh i'm just i'm wondering then uh blake is there anything else you you want to talk about with thrice or anything that sort of stands out to you about them um
1: i think one thing we haven't really touched on we've touched touched on the like the sonic qualities and how good they sound Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: another area where they really excel and i i have a hard time thinking of anyone that does it as good as they do is Dustin's a brilliant lyricist. Oh yeah. He's, he's a very, very intelligent, like well-read person. And he, he has always crafted amazing lyrics that like, I try to aspire to and I can't even come close, but Mm. he, that is one thing that I think really unites them is, is all the fans can recognize like, man, he, this is, this is some, And from day one, too, like even the early, early stuff when they were kids was still solid lyrics. And then it's only it's just only gotten better, you know, over Mm. time. He's a really, really, really smart lyricist. And I've seen interviews where he's talked about, like, how much time he puts into the actual words, not just the melodies, but the actual words and what he's saying. I mean, it means a lot to him and it it comes through. And I think that's another often overlooked area sometimes you can just say like honky tonk ba donk donk and you know that's your song but uh <laughs> yeah I, I don't tend to favor that kind of thing
0: no I'm with you I like stuff where yeah you, you get the sense there's real meaning behind it and um yeah I also feel that if if that's the case then it comes through in your mm-hmm. performance as a as a singer because yeah. mm-hmm. you really are feeling the words you know you care so much about them that you'll it will just come through in your performance and how you how you sing them 100 percent. yeah mm.
1: yeah i mean don't get me wrong there's a time and place for weird al i love my, <laughs> myself some weird al yeah. i'm not i'm not I'm not trying to throw any shade i'm just saying like dustin's dustin's very good at that
0: yeah definitely man i mean you just reminded me there was another song that I can't, I can't remember the name of it but uh basically the theme of the song is very clearly about icarus the story oh, yeah. of icarus and they have a couple of songs about Icarus, actually. I think they do, yeah. There was yeah. one in particular that really stood out to me because it's one of those, like, it's, it's such a well-known story and it has been in multiple songs by multiple bands over the years. So you're almost mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, okay, we get it. Right. Um, and I, and I, what I thought was interesting about it is, in this particular instance, the song, from what I could tell, was dealing with the theme of grief from the father's point of view mm-hmm. and the guilt. And I thought that was such an interesting angle to take with the song because normally the song is all about, well, you know, care for what you wish for. And it's like, yes, that's one theme of the story. But there's also another huge component, which is mm-hmm. in the original text. And yeah, I thought that you're was talking really about smart from Dustin's point of view to pick yeah. up on it and just do a whole song that was so powerful. And I don't have to say really moving as well. And I was listening to it. Like, I almost felt like crying. I was like, oh, this is really well put together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that song's called Daedalus, which is the father's name, and that's the one. Yep, and uh, it's a, uh, it is a different take on it, right? Mm. Uh, it's it's like he's almost him going like, "I shouldn't have made these wings," you know? Yeah, like this is my fault. It's Icarus's fault. Like I think we all know mm. that, but it is also <laughs> like if he had never came up with that plan and made those wings, his son would still be alive, and so. Mm he's having to deal with that and that is not a, that is not really like you said the general takeaway that people have from that story there is another side of it
0: mm. yeah i was i said absolutely floored by that i thought that was mm-hmm. that's a really intelligent um, lyricist right there but yes 100% um, i mean yeah if people aren't already convinced <laughs> by the <end> of this <laughs> i would like, say what would be like your sort of inner sentence like why should people go and check out this band
1: I think you should give them a shake because there's, they're one of the only bands that has um, had such staying power. Like anybody that became a fan, not anybody, but most people I know that became a fan of that band around the same time I did are still fans. They're still big fans and they're not just big fans of, you know, old stuff. They're, they really, they've, They've become a band that have, I think, both informed my own musical evolution, and also like helped. They've also, but they've also like never cheesed out. They've never, they've never like gotten stuck. There are definitely some bands that, you know, I love from that same time period that really got stuck in a rut, or they, excuse me, deviated so far in into a way that didn't feel genuine to me, and they they have managed to like walk this very fine line of evolving without losing what makes them truly special in the first place. And that's can't think of very many other artists that have pulled that off, to be honest.
0: Yeah, neither can I, to be honest. And Mm -hmm. yeah, that's really nicely summed up. Thank you so much, Blake. So Mm -hmm. um, I, I guess really all that's left to say is, again, thank you for coming on. And why don't you tell the good people where they can find you? okay
1: yeah uh i am the host of the tone mob podcast i if we've spent all this time on thrice so i assume you probably (laughs) at least have some investment in the in the band by the time you've made it through this episode and i've interviewed both tepe and ed uh on my podcast which is called the tone mob podcast which uh is a show that is pretends to be about guitars and then it talks (laughs) about a bunch of other nonsense uh along with it Uh, so you can find me there i also host the or co-host the Chasing Tone podcast with Brian Wampler from Wampler Pedals um and I've done that for almost as long as I've done my own show and recently we had another fella named Richard Oliver join us and inject some much needed much needed spice into that podcast it's been a lot of fun uh, this this year with Richard and uh yeah we there's just hours and hours of me blabbering on the internet if that's what you're looking for <laughs> absolutely
0: and you've also got some music as well i think that's worth people knowing
1: yeah i do i make uh music under the name american cyclops and it's very currently mostly weird ambient guitar based music where i use a ridiculous amount of effects pedals to scare you that's the whole idea
0: (laughs) (laughs) i will say it's kind of unsettling but i like it (laughs) well thank you i appreciate it
1: i don't know where it comes from i have no idea it's just i'm weird i guess that's where it comes from
0: it's yeah i think it's just experimenting man i mean i'm someone who doesn't use a ton of pedals but it's a world i'm interested in learning about so when i listen to stuff like that i'm like oh okay so this is this is the potential this is where you could go with it okay
1: yeah yeah and a lot of it not all of it but a lot of it uh, especially on the first record which is called tom do you have anything sharp on you and Uh it becomes apparent why it's called that if you listen to the whole thing um a lot of those songs were actually done in just like one take, like with, with a bunch of pedals and mic set up. So like, like the first one is called red and black. That was the first one that actually came to totally together. And that is two amps mic'd up one microphone in the room and me just making a bunch of racket and it's, and then I just enabled all three tracks and that's what came out. So like I said, some of those, I really don't know where they're coming from. Cause I got done and listened to that. I'm like, how did I do that?
0: I don't know how I did that. Oh, well, well it it's here. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah. So good. Uh, again, thanks so much, Blake. Um, yeah. And I'll be, I'll be sure to put links to all of that in the show notes for people.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. This was, this was great. I got to gush. I haven't got to openly gush like this in a, in a long time. So that's nice.
0: Listen, this is what this show is all about. So thank you for coming on and doing that. Perfect. Thank you so much. And there we have it. A huge thank you to Blake for coming on to the podcast and sharing your love of the band Thrice with us. I think you guys will agree with me when I say that that was a wonderful conversation with so much passion and enthusiasm for the band. And I hope it's infectious. I hope that you now go and listen to the band Thrice because... Their new album, Horizons East, has definitely been one of my personal favorites of this year, and I think Blake would agree with me. And if you do check out the band for the first time, make sure to use the links that are in the show notes to go and find them, and let us know. You can reach out to myself and Blake. Both of our details are in the show notes. I'm sure we'd love to hear from you, love to hear what you think of the band if this is your first time getting into them. That would be really, really great to hear, so don't hesitate to reach out to either of us. Of course, I want you to go and check out Blake's shows, both Tone Mob and Chasing Tone. You can find those linked in the show notes, as well as his music under American Cyclops. I think it's really cool. It's, uh, it's so experimental, as he says. It's the kind of thing that I think you should give it a listen, and it's quite inspiring in its own right. So again, all of that is linked below for you to go and check out today. As always, I want to give a massive thank you to our resident artist, Alex, who does a wonderful job with all of the artwork. If you like what you see in the logo, make sure you reach out to him and get your very own graphic designs. And I can promise you won't be disappointed. He's done wonderful work for me here at Fundamentals, as well as a few other shows. And yeah, just really great guy to work with. Again, all the that is linked below. And I want to give a massive thank you, finally, to you, dear listener. If this is your first time listening to Fundamentals, welcome aboard. We'd love to have you. And I just want to say that I'm really, really grateful for all of the downloads, for all of the feedback, anything you want to say, then make sure you email me or send me a message via Instagram or Twitter. I would love to hear from you. And also bear in mind, I'm always looking for guests and topics. So anything you think could be a topic, Don't hesitate to reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. And finally, if you want to go that one step further, leave me a lovely five-star review on your favourite podcatcher. Well, I would greatly appreciate it. Make sure that you let me know if you've done so because you will have earned a shout-out on the podcast. It really is the least that I could do. That's it from me. I'll be back again in a few weeks' time with a completely different guest on a completely different, different subject. So until next time, stay tuned and stay safe.